Amen. It's good to be here this morning. We honor Isaac and Melinda and their family in this whole house this morning. And uh, he's told me that I have till two to preach. Is that correct? <laughs> and that joke went over. That joke went over a lot better than you said it would. I got some laughter. It must just be you. It could just be you. All right. Amen. Um, I just want to really quick just share with you guys. Um, we have launched our own uh, website, and that's www.grantfraley.com. Fraley, not Farley. I'm no relation to Chris Farley. That's usually what I get, but uh, no relation to Chris. Uh, but grantfraley.com, we have a weekly podcast, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because I don't, I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. Amen. Um, Proverbs 11, verse 1. Actually, you don't have to put that verse up yet because I want to read that out of the King James and I want to get right into what I want to talk about this morning. Um, Proverbs 11, verse 1 in the King James says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. A false balance is abomination to the Lord. Now, something I've, I've noticed... Um, over the last, I don't, I've, I've lost count of how long I've been in pastoral ministry, 15 plus years, believe it or not, but I've done it my entire adult life. But we as humans love extremes. I've, I've learned that. We love extremes. Every denomination that you know of was birthed out of someone just loving an extreme so much to the exclusion of the brethren. All right? But we love extremes, but God loves balance. And what I want to talk about this morning is, you know, I know in this house the grace of God is preached and it's preached strong. And for the last eight, nine years of my life, I have preached the grace of God so strong. The unmerited favor, the, the kindness of God, the empowerment of God, the ability of God, the grace of God that tells you there's no condemnation for you in Christ, that tells you there's no shame, there's no guilt, that in Him you are free of all condemnation. You're free of all shame. You're free of all guilt. Right? I wholeheartedly embrace that message and that teaching. But what happens a lot of times is we find ourselves, especially if you came up under legalism, if you've came up under uh, just that, that system of frustration, that system of do, 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 what happens is when we want, when we receive this revelation of grace, we get so far over here that we totally tip the scale and all we can see is grace, 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 grace. I just recently repented to our church in Kentucky. And I said, for years we've been ministering things such as we're preaching this in light of grace. Here's the problem with that. I don't want to teach anything in light of grace. I want to teach grace in light of Scripture. I want to teach faith in light of Scripture. See, here's what I'm getting at this morning. You cannot balance grace with law. Anyone agree with that? You can't balance grace with law. But now, balance is not a bad word. Ba God loves balance. It says that it is his delight. Well, if we can't balance grace with law, then what can we balance grace with? 
faith. All right? A false balance is abomination to the Lord. Pray for me this morning because I feel God wants to minister some correction to our hearts. And, and, I, and, I, and I want to do that. So we, but we love extremes. But God loves balance. Let me say something this morning. I'm going to give you another one. Did you know that mixture is not a bad thing? Mixture is not a bad thing. What makes mixture bad is when you're mixing the two deadly components. For example, I can take ingredients, mix them up, and bake you a delicious cake. Okay, well, I can't, but I'm pretty sure my wife can. Uh, Yeah, I can't, but my wife can take ingredients, mix them together, and bake you a delicious cake. But then there are also people out there who can take some ingredients, mix them together, and create something that is deadly, that is destructive, such as a bomb. So the issue is not mixture. The issue is what is being mixed. All right? Grace must be balanced with faith. Now, how do I know mixture is not a bad word? Hebrews chapter 4 talks about the children of Israel had the gospel preached to them, but it said that word did not profit them not being, what? Mixed with faith. So the issue isn't mixture. The issue is what is being mixed together. You cannot mix together the old covenant and the new covenant. You cannot mix together law and grace. But if you want to live the life you're you're called to live, you better learn to mix grace and faith together. All right? Go with me to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11. I want to look at something. And I'm going to move through these next few verses pretty quickly. Galatians 3.11 says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by what? The just shall live by what? Now, I will make you preach with me this morning, so, so listen. This correction will get tougher based on how you respond to me. I am petty like that. All right? Um, the just live by, notice it's not grace. The just or the righteous, they don't live by grace. They live by what? Faith. All right. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. I'm going to go through scriptures kind of quickly and then we'll slow down and make some points. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by what? Faith, not by sight. It does not say we walk by grace and not by sight. So we see here that we're to live by faith, not grace. We're to walk by faith, not grace. Let's go to another one. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We can probably quote it where it talks about without faith, it is impossible to please God. Him. Without what? Faith, it is impossible to please Him. 
Notice it does not say without grace it is impossible to please him, but without faith it is impossible to please him. One more, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our what? Faith. Our what? Faith. So whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Not his grace. But our faith. So we see here we are called to live by faith. We're called to walk by faith. We please him by faith. And we will overcome this world by faith. Now listen to me for a minute. The reason many of us don't overcome the world and what the world throws at us and what the world... How many of this world stinks... Can I say that? This world stinks. The reason many of us do not find ourselves overcoming the world, but being overcame by the world, is because we're trying to conquer it, overcome it by His grace. I'll just let that settle in. Now, grace will overcome your shame. Grace will overcome your guilt. Grace will overcome your condemnation. But grace doesn't overcome the world. Faith overcomes the world. Now, how does this balance with grace, though? I'm not not preaching against grace. I'm preaching for grace. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. If you don't like Scripture, a while ago I mentioned my website, If for nothing else, if you don't like Scripture, now you know what website to block. All right? For by what? Grace, you have been saved through what? Faith. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Now, the word saved is the Greek word sozo. It doesn't just mean the born-again experience. It means to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered, to be prospered, to be protected. So, by grace, you have been you have been born again through faith. For by grace, you have been healed through faith. For by grace, you have been delivered through faith. For by grace, you have been protected through faith. The key words there are through faith. Through faith. Because here's what I want to get at this morning. Grace is the abundant supply of God. Anything you need for life, it's been provided for you by grace. There is not one person in here this morning who's born again who lacks anything. You, you do not lack anything. Everything has been provided for you. Grace is a treasure. And that treasure has in it everything that you will ever need for life. Whatever it is right now that you crave, whatever it is right now that you deserve of the godly, whatever it is, it's been provided for you by grace. 
But here's something we got to get as grace people. How many in here this morning believe in the finished work of Jesus? You believe in the finished work of Jesus. The other half needs to get saved. All right, listen to me. The work is finished, but the work is not automatic. The work is finished, but the work is not automatic. And we need to get that as people who understand and embrace and love the grace of God. We need to understand this thing, it's not going to happen. Everything God's provided by grace, healing, deliverance, protection, salvation, it does not come because you sit on your butt all day long saying, there's no condemnation for me. God loves me. God loves me. Well, God can love you and 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 your life can still be falling apart. The the grace of God is a great comfort in the midst of our failures. But But the grace of God wants to have such an impact on your life that you're able to avoid those failures. So listen to me. So so. By grace, through faith. Let me say this. If all we're believing, if I know that Paul talked about the gospel of grace, but if in our emphasis of the gospel, if all we're emphasizing, whether it's behind a pulpit, in our heart, sharing it with others, if all we are embracing is the grace of God, we are only embracing half of the gospel. Because the gospel is by grace through faith. So what I want to do this morning is I want to stir you up to begin to live by faith. To live this life where you are continually receiving the grace of God. Go with me to Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. It, this, is, this is a powerful um, verse here. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation. That's the Greek word soteria. That's not just the born-again experience. It's everything you need in life. The grace of God that brings soteria has appeared to all men. Now, this is why I'm getting to the issue that the work is finished, but it's not automatic. Because if the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, have you noticed that not all men are experiencing the grace of God? Have you noticed that every individual is not experiencing the blood-bought, blood-backed blessings of God? See, if this thing was just all about grace, then everyone in here this morning that's born again should have the same experience. We should all walk in here this morning without a pain. We should all walk in here this morning without a debt. We should all walk in here this morning without a scrape on us from this world. But that's not... The case, it's not the case for me. Maybe it's the case for you, but it's not the case for me. I got a few dents on the vehicle, all right? 
But so the grace of God has appeared to all men. So what we need to do is we need to learn how to access that grace. We need to learn how to tap into that grace. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. I'm giving the scripture person a job this morning. It's, uh, I, I went to a church one time, and I gave them all these verses before, and uh, I, I talked to the pastor recently, and I was like, you know, your sound guy, the guy who put all the scriptures up, he's like, oh yeah, he quit the week after you came. <laughs> Uh, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access... How? How? We have access by faith into this grace. So the grace that has appeared to all men, we only access it when we put our faith in it. You cannot access grace by what you do. You don't earn the, you don't earn the grace of God. You don't work for the grace of God. You don't attend church for the grace of God. You don't give an offering for the grace of God. You don't pray for the grace of God. You don't read for the grace of God. You don't study for the grace of God. You access this grace by faith. So if grace is a treasure and that treasure is everything you've ever wanted for life, Faith is the key that unlocks that treasure chest. And listen to me. This is the fairest way. I don't even know if that's proper English. I don't know. I'm hillbilly. It don't matter. If this is the the fairest way that God could set this thing up, think about it. He's not making us earn his blessings through what we do. He's not making us earn his blessings through our works, again, through our church attendance, through our Bible reading, through our prayer time. He's not making us earn anything. He set this system up, and he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put everyone on equal ground. I will give you everything you need for life and godliness, And all you have to do is believe for it. And if you can believe for it, you can have it. It's not about, think about it, it's not about your skin color. It's not about your education. It's not about whether, it's not about any of these things that the world grants us their favor. It's about faith. It's by faith. See, in the kingdom We don't get anything by earning it. Anything we receive in the kingdom, we get by believing for it. Now, people say, no, 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 you're talking about name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Let me ask you something. How did you get saved? That if you will do what? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God, is, uh, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
So everyone in here this morning that's born again, you got born again by naming it and claiming it. You got born again by blabbing it and grabbing it. See, grace says, here's everything I've got. And faith says, thank you, sir, I'll take that. That's how we got saved. But the problem is, we come into this, we come into this thing by grace through faith, but then we think everything else comes through the sweat of the brow. Everything else comes by us earning it. By us working for it. But what's Colossians 2.6 say? You don't have to turn there. Colossians 2.6 says, As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk you in him. How did you receive him? By grace, through faith. Alright? Now let me get to this. The unbeliever lives by faith. F. A-T-E, in case my accent's too strong for you. Faith. <laughs> All right? But the believer is called to live by what? Faith. Faith versus faith. But the problem is for a lot of us, and I'm going to preach to you my experience this morning. This world, you... And don't misunderstand me. When I preach faith, I'm not preaching a faith that makes you immune from the trouble of this world. See, I know there's people who teach faith in a way that makes you immune to it, that makes you, you know, all this stuff. But listen, Jesus said, I'll put my money on Jesus. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, let me ask you something. 1 John 5, 4 says we overcome the world. How? By faith. So if Jesus said, I have overcome the world, how do you think he overcame the world? By faith. All right? So the unbeliever lives by faith. The believer is called to live by faith. But what we find ourselves doing many times is we find ourselves living just as an unbeliever and living by faith because this world hits us, this world knocks us down, this world throws everything it can at us and we eventually get to this place where we find ourselves saying, well, you know, that's just how it is. That's just the way we find ourselves just whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then there's even this perversion of faith that says I'm trusting God when really all I'm doing is a whole bunch of nothing. Faith is active. Faith is pursuing. Faith is looking unto. Faith is taking hold of. All right? But see, faith doesn't care what's happened. Faith doesn't care how many times you've been knocked down. Faith says with the psalmist, a thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Is that your heart belief this morning? Yeah, I know all this. Listen, let me share my personal experience really quick. Went through a time in our life, 
Uh, my grandparents raised me. I watched my grandmother die a very slow, just awful death for over an 18-month period. Um, and it was, it was bad. It was hard to watch. That stuff, that stuff it, it, it leaves a, an imprint on your heart. And then 14 months later, our 11-year-old son goes to be with Jesus. Before all of this happened, I felt like I was a faith giant. My wife will tell you, I, nothing would shake me. It didn't matter what came against me. It didn't matter what came against my wife, my children. You could not shake my faith. I was, I was anchored in the truth. But then when these things happened, and they happened so close together, I found myself over the next few years kind of just having that attitude, well, you know, whatever's going to be is going to be. Having that attitude where I begin to maybe question the goodness of God. Have, and not intently, right? I never got up and said, well, you know, maybe, maybe God is sovereign. And since he's sovereign, maybe he did want this to happen. I never did that. I'm not that ignorant. No offense if you are. But um, I told you, if you don't preach with me, it's just, it's just going to get worse from here. Um, but that stuff, stuff has, a, has a way of just settling in your heart. And if you don't get proactive in casting down those doubts, casting down those unbeliefs, casting down those strongholds, then I'm telling you, they will take deeper root. And you will find yourself in this never-ending cycle of, listen to me, fate. Where nothing is happening in response to faith, but everything is happening, it's just me living in response to the world. You were not called to live reacting to the world. You are not called to be reacting to the world. You are called to be actively using your faith to shape the world. All right? Now, let me get to this. Living by faith is living by the Word. I just uh, finished up, over the last month, I've been preaching at our church in Georgetown, Kentucky. I've been, I preached a series on the value of the Scriptures. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, listen to me. We're saved how? By grace through what? By grace through what? Okay. So we're saved by grace through faith, and faith only comes by hearing the Word of God. So I don't think it would be a stretch for me to say we access grace by hearing the Word of God. I don't think that's a stretch. So, this is the only way faith comes. This is it. Now, listen to me. You can't pray for more faith. 
The the disciples one time, they said, Lord, increase our faith. It's in Luke chapter 17. What I find so interesting about that is Jesus completely ignored the request. Has anyone in here ever prayed for God to give you more faith? I have. Have Have you ever noticed what happens? He ignores your request. That's biblical. Okay, Luke 17. Why? Because faith only comes by one way. It's by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you're hearing me this morning talk about faith and you want that, does anyone in here this morning want that? Do you want to live by faith? If you want to access the grace of God, you have to live by faith. The only way you get there is through the Word of God. Now, this is where it gets really tough. Because I have preached this, like I said, over the last month at our church. And our church responds well. But what I've learned is not everyone is ready to hear this mind-blowing statement. Are you ready? Everybody ready? You need to read your Bible. You need to read your Bible, not to be accepted by God. This is not an issue of righteousness. It's not an issue of whether God loves you or not. But if you want to live the life that you know is possible, that you know you were created for, then you must do so by digging into, meditating upon, pondering, hearing the Word of God. There's no other way around it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Go with me to James chapter 1, verse 21. So I want to look at, I want to look at, you know, because it's not just reading the Bible. It does start there. So, you know, sorry, I can't give you a shortcut. But James chapter 1, verse 21 I want to look at what about the scriptures that we need. James chapter 1 verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted what? Word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. Now listen to me. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he, it's so, look what it says. This is so strange. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Now, We read being a hearer and not a doer, and we think primarily doing is performing. Soul, that is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Has anyone in here ever noticed that after you got born again, you still had a few bad thoughts? That's just in Kentucky, I guess. Have you noticed that You still don't always will to do what God would have you do. Why? Because so your spirit has been saved. Your soul is in the process of being saved. Notice that's why he says in verse 21, which is able to save your what? 
souls. Because the spirit's saved, but the soul's being saved, and the body will be saved. There's promises for healing right now, but listen, ultimately, the body will be saved when Jesus returns and we receive new glorified bodies. All right? But here's the thing I can touch your soul. Anyone ever heard it, listen to a song, and you begin to feel happy? This morning, the worship team was up. I started to feel good. They were touching my soul. You ever, watched a, you ever watched a movie or looked at some pictures of your kids when they were much smaller and start to tear up? It touched your soul. And the body, obviously, can be touched. But how, how do you... How, so you always know what's going on in your soul. I can tell you right now, no one has to make me think about it. Grant, are you happy or are you sad? I don't have to think about it. I know. I'm always in touch with my soul. You don't have to ask me right now, Grant, are you hot or are you cold? That's my, I'm always in touch with my body. I, but how do you get in touch with your spirit? How do you know what is true of your spirit? How do you know what is true of who you really are? This word is a mirror that shows you what you look like in Christ, in Him, in whom we have redemption. This word is a mirror, and you need to begin to look at it as this is who I really am. Even when you read the commandments. Again, I taught this at our church. You can go on our church's podcast, Grace Point Church, Georgetown, and see it. Even when I read the commandments, I don't read it and say, oh, well, you know, I don't have to worry about that. If I'm being tempted to do something that is different, that is against that commandment, that is contrary to that commandment, you know what I do? I don't say, oh, well, thank God I'm under the new covenant. I'll go ahead and do it and have fun. See, he wrote his laws upon my heart. Well, I can't see my heart. So how do I know what's on my heart? The Word. So when I read a commandment, you know what I say? That's who I really am. And if I'm being tempted to do opposite of that, I see, nope, this is who I am. Right here it says, don't lust. So I'm not a lustful person. Does that make sense? Okay, I'll go around again. Come on, does that make sense or do I need to go around? Okay, but listen to me. This word is a mirror. And here's what I want to get to because we're talking about faith. So this word is a mirror. This word is who you really are. And here's the problem. When we live by faith, we begin to have this identity that we are no... Let me think how to say this. We, don't, we no longer see ourselves as an overcomer. We no longer see ourselves as triumphant. When I watched my grandmother slowly pass away, I began to, any time where a year before that, I would feel a pain in my body or, or a, something would come against me. My wife will tell you, listen, true story. I have passed out in our house fighting a virus like everybody y'all ever had those stomach bugs and the whole family's got it the whole house has got it and it's like the most miserable time in the world do we only have those in kentucky 
No? Okay, it's like horrible, right? And, you know, and my wife, my wife's in the medical profession, so my wife's doing all the stuff she's supposed to do. And I'm that person, bless God, by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going to the bathroom a thousand times. And then, you know, my wife's like, listen. And so what I'll, what I'll do is, every, you know, have you noticed that when you just lay down, you feel worse? So <laughs> I, will, I will intentionally walk the house. I'm like, I'm not laying down until I feel better. I will not. So I'm walking the house, just, you know, proclaiming faith, believing God, accessing the grace of God. And one time, my wife said, Grant, you need to lay down. And I said, I will not lay down. And as, she, as I said that, I began to pass out. And the last thing I said to her was, being the man of faith I am, I said, call the ambulance. <laughs> And I woke up. She didn't call the ambulance. I woke up and I felt better. Bless God, I beat it. But, but what happens is after I went through that ordeal with my family, seeing family die, I began, when stuff would come, I would begin to say, maybe, maybe it's my turn. Maybe this just runs in the family. Maybe this is something I've got to deal with. Maybe this is something I, I, I've got to, maybe this is my cross to bear. That's not faith, that's fate. The world lives by fate. Now, I'm not saying there's not, you know, I'm not saying you don't need to live with wisdom and things like that. But I'm telling you, I don't look at my grandmother, I don't look at my son, I don't look at my family tree and say, that's who I am. I look at this. And I say, this is who I am. I always overcome in Christ Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed, right? I am as the man planted by the, tr- by the water. Man, I- I'm like that tree planted by the waters, and I- I'm bearing fruit every season. This is who you are. See, in, in the, you remember when, when Moses sent, sent the spies into the promised land to spy it out? And ten come back with a bad report, and two come back with a good report? Do you know the issue was not the giants? The issue was how they seen themselves. How do I know that? Because they come back and they said, listen, we were in their sight as grasshoppers. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever read where they talked to those giants? Do you all have a different Bible up here? It's left out of mine. Do you ever read where they went and stood by the giants? No. The problem was they said we were in our sight as grasshoppers. But then David years later comes along and all of Israel once again is afraid of a giant. And David comes along and David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? See, David and Joshua and Caleb speaks up when the ten said we were in our sight as grasshoppers. The other two speak up and they say, we are well able to overcome. So here's what I'm getting at this morning. Do you see yourself as well able to overcome? You need to begin to see yourself as, man, you know what? That stuff can't touch me. I'm built different. And people say, well, what if, what if I'm, I'm going to be a hypocrite? Well, be a hypocrite in faith. By gosh, if you're going to do it, be a faith hypocrite. 
I mean, listen. No, here's what I'm getting at, though. You're not a hypocrite. You know why? Because this world is not the truth. Pain in your body, red in your bank account, that's not the truth. Now, it might be true in this situation, but the truth is the Word of God. Do you remember the story, 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha and his servant, they're surrounded, and the servant is freaking out. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And all of a sudden, his eyes are opened, and all around the hillside, he sees nothing but angels and chariots of fire. What was that? See, faith sees what's really there. You might see sickness, but faith sees healing. You might see brokenness, but faith sees wholeness. See, faith sees things the way they really are. And if you're calling what you see in this natural realm, if you're saying that's the way things really are, you're living by faith, not by faith. Because faith looks into the Word and says, no, this is how things really are. You have got to get to that place in your life. Listen to me with this. If you don't listen to anything else, listen to this. You cannot live your life based on your experience and the people you love or stories you've heard. You can't live by anyone else's experience. Not even yours. You can't. If you do, you will find yourself living by faith and just going with the flow. Not the flow of the Spirit, but the flow of this world. All right? Remember Peter. He's seen Jesus transfigured. And he says in his last epistle, he says that we, that, that we have a more sure word of prophecy. And he's referring to the Scriptures and what the prophets had spoken. So Peter was saying, listen, you know how I know Jesus is Lord? Sick child, I don't care what I went through. I care what this says. And this trumps what I experienced. Now listen, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your grief, God will speak to you. He'll reveal things to you. He'll do it without condemnation. He'll show you where things went wrong. He'll show you what, ha- what happened. He'll, he'll show you things like that. Because we, we don't get into condemnation about faith. Fa- remember this. faith. Jesus called faith a servant. Your faith is supposed to work for you. You don't work for it. You don't work for faith. So if you find yourself condemning yourself over faith, you're doing it wrong. That's not what we're talking about. Right? It, it's not this idea of mustering up more faith. That, that's, not what, that's not what I'm talking about. You need to make up in your mind. Here this morning, you need to make up in your mind, I'm going to take God up on his offer. That's really what faith is. Faith isn't you conjuring anything up and trying to force things, make things happen. It's nothing like that. Faith is you saying, I am going to take God up on his offer. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. I want to go through some scriptures really quick. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Is this blessing anyone this morning? 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Now, let me ask you something really quick before we move on to the next verse. Do you believe that? I mean, be honest. Do you believe that? Ask, and it will be given to you. Do you believe that? And I'm not just talking about stuff. Listen, the older I get, the less I care about stuff. Now, I want my kids to be blessed. I want my kids to be happy. But I could care less. Like my wife will tell you, listen, the first time my wife and I have been married 11 years, all right, um, when we first got together, my wife will tell you, we rented the worst, I'm convinced it was the worst apartment in the state of Kentucky. But I thought I was living like a king. I didn't care. But my wife, she told, she told me years later that she would hide and cry. But I thought I was, and I'm still that way. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about stuff. I don't care about cars. I don't care. About, I, I don't care about that stuff. But here's what I'm getting at. Ask and it will be given to you. Do you believe that? My kid, my two boys, they can ask me for anything. And if I've got the ability to give it to them, I'm going to let you know something. If I've got the ability to give it to them, and they've got the maturity to handle it, I will give it to them. So, do you believe this? What is it that if, let me put it this way. If Jesus was standing before you right now this morning, and he said, just like he did Solomon, Ask me whatever you want. What would you ask him? Maybe it's not you believing for anything. Maybe you need answers. Maybe you experience some heartache, some trauma, and you, you need answers. He said, if you would ask, it'll be given to you. He said, if you seek, you will find. And he said, if you knock, it will be open to you. That is not the... Where'd my Bible go? Good. Okay, there it is. Yeah, sorry. Um, I thought somebody stole my Bible. I was about to start turning over chairs in here. Um, verse 8. For Look here. Verse 8. For everyone who asks, receives. Now, let me ask you something. Are you included in everyone? Are you included in everyone? Everyone who asks receives. For when Grant asks, he receives. When Grant seeks, he finds. When Grant knocks, it's open to him. Enter your name. Do you believe that? Look at this offer that Jesus has given to us. What is it that you struggle with? What is it that's got you down? Ask, and it will be given to you. What an offer. But we, so many times, we don't believe that. Let's, let's keep going here. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Anybody in here want good things? Just me, that's fine. I'll take it all. Yeah, I can chill. I don't care, you know. But listen, good gifts, good things, and all I got to do is ask. Maybe faith is that simple. 
I'm not talking about you working a formula. I'm not talking about you fasting, praying. Re- I'm not talking about it. I'm not preaching Mark eleven twenty three to you, even though I believe in Mark eleven twenty three. This is how I'm preaching faith this morning. Someone's going to be blessed. It might as well be you. Someone's going to be blessed. It might as well be me. And what do I got to do? Ask. Seek. Knock. That, that simple. This, this, what an, so faith is me just saying, I'll take you up on that offer. What can you believe God for this morning? And let me say this. It's important to just admit where you are. Um, my son, the, the one that he's now with Jesus, um, he, he, he was severe special needs. He never walked. He never talked. He never ate by mouth. But one time, um, we went out to Karis out in Colorado for a conference, and he was dealing with some heart issues. And now, so remember, he's never walked. He's never talked. He's never ate by mouth. Now, when I began to understand the truth about faith, guess what I believed for? He's going to come out of that wheelchair. He's going to begin talking. He's going to begin eating by mouth, right? But what ended up happening was we, when we went out to this conference in Colorado and he began, he began dealing with these heart issues, we had a lady, some of you may know her if, you, if you're, if you're um, familiar with the Karras family, uh, Carly Teredes. She was really good. We're, we were really good friends with Carly and Ashley Teredes. And Carly met with us privately and prayed for Jord, our son. But before she did, she said, okay, clearly there's a lot of problems here. What can you believe God for right now? What can you ask him for right now? And that put things into perspective for us. And my wife said, well... He's got a heart cath. We were going to get back to Kentucky like on a Sunday. He's had a heart cath on like Tuesday. She said, I can believe for good results in a heart cath. Now, we had already had like three or four, and each one got worse. And they kept saying, this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. And then so my wife says that. Carly prays. And then we get the heart cath on Tuesday And they're like, we don't know what happened, but everything looks good. See, so there is this place, but but what can you ask for? What can you believe for right now? Go with me another one. John chapter 14 and verses 13 and 14. So faith is just taking God up on his offer. Look here. And whatever you ask, do you believe that? What is it that you would ask him for? Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. But do you believe that? So many times we don't believe that. We put every religious exemption that we can in that. And we say why he won't do what you're asking for. I'm going to tell you something here this morning. There's nothing you can come to me unless it's like some flat out sin. There's nothing that you're going to come to me and say, I want to believe God for this that I'm going to tell you that's crazy. If you want somebody to believe for you, come to me. Not for you, but with you. 
I will believe with you. People say, you know, listen, you may, have a, you may have a problem with some preachers having some planes. I don't have a problem with it. Now, I don't want a plane. You know why I don't want a plane? I don't need a plane. Don't care about a plane, right? But what is it you're believing God for? Whatever it is, let's agree. Do you need answers? Do you need, do you need a house? Do you, do you need any? Whatever it is, do you need a healing? Whatever it is, be bold enough to believe that whatever you ask in his name, he will do. And notice why. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Have you ever, now look at this. Do you see the word faith in there anywhere? Does anyone see faith in that, those verses? I don't see faith anywhere in those verses. But you want me to tell you where it is? It's in that one little word, ask. When my sons come up to me and ask me for something, you know what they're doing? They're exercising their faith. Because they have this confident assurance that if dad can get it to me, he'll get it to me. Right? So, so ask. One more. John chapter 16, verse 24. John chapter 16, verse 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Now listen, I, can I have a little bit of liberty here? I am aware contextually <laughs> that this that I'm, I'm, I'm about to flat out ruin the context. I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm taking li liberty here. Jesus is clearly talking about in his earthly time, right before he's about to go to the cross, he's saying, listen, up to this point, these three, three and a half years that we've been walking together, you've asked nothing in my name. There you go. That's the context. But there's a spirit here. And let me ask you, does this, would Jesus say this about you? Until now, you've asked me for nothing. Think about it. What is it that you would ask him for? Remember, James would come along and James would say, You have not. Why? Because you ask not. Maybe you just need to ask him. Maybe you just need to go in his kitchen and open up the refrigerator and say, can I have this? And then look what he says would happen. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. This is a word for someone this morning. God wants you happy. Now, I know religion teaches us the opposite of that. And we don't think God cares how happy we are, how joyful we are. God wants you. To be happy. God wants you to be joyful. So listen to me. We're winding up. <laughs> God's going to bless someone. Why not you? That I want that if you take nothing else away from this message. I want you to find yourself all week long saying this. God wants to bless someone. Why not me? 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. It talks about how the Lord looks to and fro throughout the whole earth. 
that he may show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Do you know what a loyal heart is? It's a heart of faith. It's a heart of trust. That word, loyal heart's actually a covenant term. And I don't know if Isaac wants to. Maybe he can just do a whole series for y'all on covenant. Because I'm not going to do it. So there you go, Isaac. But um, it's a covenant term. And it just... So here's what I'm getting at. God's looking for somebody to bless. God's looking for someone to ask. God's looking for someone to seek. God's looking for someone to knock. Why not you? How, how hard is it to just ask? Listen, listen to me this morning. Just ask. Just ask. That's, I am amazed at how easy he's made this thing. If you will just ask me, you'll receive it. That's all he asks you to do. He asks you to ask. And he says, when you ask, you'll receive. And let me say this. Talking about grace and faith. I know this sounds bold, but I want to say it this morning. Now, don't get me wrong. The enemy wants you. He wants you in shame, guilt, and condemnation. He wants that. But I'm going to tell you something. I think a lot of people have got rooted in the mercy and grace of God, and they know that God is not putting guilt on them, not shaming them, not condemning them. I know there's people that have that rooted in their heart, and the enemy's okay with it. Do you know why? Because the enemy's okay with you having a revelation of the grace and mercy of God, but yet you don't have a revelation of of his goodness. Because as long as. Because let me say this too. Have you ever noticed. All right, I travel around to a lot of churches. I've, I've, I'm really blessed to do that. My one concern. About the way we're preaching grace. Is it's so selfish. We should not just be okay with. Listen, God's not condemning you. God's not mad at you. Everything Thomas said earlier, I loved it. God's not mad at you. God loves you. That, that is so true. But listen, God wants you to be so in such a place where you're asking for, you're believing in his goodness to such a degree that you're no longer just the blessed, but you're now being a blessing. And a lot of our grace teaching has us just constantly being the blessed. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But we never turn that outward and bless others. Did you know perfect love? All right, I'm trying to shut up. Hold on. Um, I'll do it. Did you know perfect love, when the Bible says perfect love casts out fear, do you know that perfect love is not just a perfect God loving you? That's not what perfect love is. Now, that's the way I have preached it. That's the way others preach it. But perfect love is not just you knowing that God loves you. How do I know that? Do you know how many people I counsel that are dealing with fear that can quote you every verse on the love of God, 
They can tell you every teaching about the love of God. They are anchored in the love of God, but they're still dealing with fear. Why? Because it's not love that casts out fear. It's perfect love. You want to know what perfect love is? Perfect love is a cycle. Perfect love begins with you receiving the love of God. And then you reciprocating that love back to Him. And then you releasing that love to others. I have dealt with fear and anxiety. My wife will tell you there was, after that time period I told you about, I struggled with crippling anxiety. I mean, I was worth nothing for about eight months because my anxiety was so terrible. And you know what I found out? And if you're in here dealing with this morning, hear my heart. And I don't know, I wasn't intending to share this. This is for someone. And so hear my heart. I'm, I'm sharing with you as someone who's been there. Do you know what I eventually had to come to the conclusion? You know why I'm living in anxiety? Because all I'm doing is thinking about myself. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. And so I would have people talk to me in that season. Well, you need to keep your mind stayed on God. Well, it is. It is. My mind is stayed on God. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm doing all these things. I'm, I'm counseling people. All, all these. No, no, listen. To, for me to say that I was doing that and not getting the results that God promised was me calling God a liar. But you know why perfect love casts out fear? Because remember what I said, the last part of that cycle is you're releasing the love of God to other people. You, you can't be in fear for yourself when you're too busy loving other people. I don't have time to worry about me anymore. You know why? I'm too busy loving you. I, didn't, I don't have time to be anxious and to be full of fear. Why? Because I've got a wife and kids to love. I don't, I don't have time. That, and that's the place I eventually had to get to. I don't have time for this. My time is going to be consumed with one thing. I'm going to receive the love of God. I'm going to love God back. And I'm going to release it to everyone I come into contact with. Does that make sense? Perfect love cast out fear and so there's someone in here this morning you're struggling with that and it's a vicious cycle in your life that you want to end and I'm telling you this morning it's not just enough for you to know that God loves you it starts there but perfect love, there's more to that cycle. And if you, need, if you need someone to talk to you about that, go to Isaac. <laughs> yeah. But listen, has this blessed you all today? Talk, listen, listen. So, so listen to me. In conclusion, faith is what? Just ask God. Just ask God. You go to his word. You believe his word. But whatever it is that's on your heart, whatever it is that's weighing you down, whatever it is that you want changed, 
Just be bold enough. Listen, don't try to work up faith. Don't try to muster it up. Don't try to follow the formula. Just start here. God, you said in your word that anything I ask, you would give to me. I'm asking you for this. And then just see what happens. Do you know faith begins with just kind of, that's, that's kind of how faith starts. I'm going to just see what happens. I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's just see what happens. Well, what if, I, what if I don't get healed? What if you do? Sometimes you just need to change, just, just flip it around. What if I don't get healed? What if you do? What if I don't get delivered? What if you do? What if I don't get an answer? What if you do? When you, when you start asking and you find him being faithful and you receive what you asked for, it creates this momentum in your life. And it gets hard to stop. The faith life is fun. It, it gets fun. But you have to be bold enough to say, Sir, I'll take you up on that offer. Grace sets the table. Faith eats. Many of us, with our understanding of grace, we're sitting there, we've got this, this amazing table full of every food that we could ever desire. And all we're doing is sitting around saying, I want you to look at how good that food is. That looks good. That looks delicious. I bet that's good. And God's just sitting around saying, well, you going to eat it? You ever bought uh, your children something, like maybe for Christmas or something, you buy them a Christmas gift, you think they're going to love this. And then they barely touch it. And you're sitting there thinking, well, you going to play with it? That's the way we are with grace. Everything's been provided for us. The table has been set. The gift has been provided, but it's up to us to eat. It's up to us to open the gift. Right? So, man, let's just, what am I saying this morning? Just believe God. Be bold enough to believe God. I don't care what it is. This is not about stuff, but if you need stuff, guess what it's about? Stuff. Don't limit God. God spoke that to me last year powerful through... Um, Greg Moore gave me a word. And, um, man, just take the limits off of God. We limit God by beginning to live by faith and not by faith. I'm not going to live by faith no more. I've made that decision. And I want you to make that decision here this morning. I will not live by faith ever again. I will not live in response to this world. I will live as the one shaping it. That's bold. But the people who that rings in your heart and you say, I'll be that person, your life is about to go to a place you never thought possible. If you'll just be bold enough to ask. Come on up here, sir. Let me just pray for you guys really quick, then I'm going to turn Isaac over. Father, I just thank you for Revelation Rock Church. Father, I thank you that you love these people. And that you've provided everything they need. And I just pray that you would stir this word in their heart. That over the coming hours, over the coming days and weeks and months. Father, I just pray that they would be just, that this word would come alive in them. 
that when they begin to just react, when they begin to just respond to what this world's throwing at them, I pray that something would arise within them that says, you're looking to bless someone, why not me? Looking for someone to ask, it might as well be me. So Lord, whatever it is that's on their hearts, I pray they have the boldness. I pray that they dare to ask the only one who has the supply to take care of it, who has the supply to answer. And Lord, everyone within the sound of my voice, I just speak right now healing over their bodies in Jesus' name. Um, ankle problems, in, in Jesus' name, a right ankle, I command it to be healed in Jesus' name. Left earache, I command that to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Eye problems, be healed right now in Jesus' name. Father, you set the table. We eat this morning. Healing is a children's bread. We eat this morning. We no longer live by what if it doesn't work. We live by what about when it does. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Lord, I, 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 pray, for, I pray for anxiety. I pray over fear. I rebuke a spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for a, a, a mind of self-control, a mind in control of its thoughts, a mind that is empowered, a mind that lives with the thought, I am more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. Never again. Never again. Today is the day the anxiety ends, the fear ends. Never again. Today's the final day. Today is the last day. Today is the day of victory. Never again. And I just thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for the broken hearts in here this morning. I thank you that you didn't break their hearts and your will for them. You are the healer of the broken hearts. And I pray this morning, Lord, just do a work in them right now. Give them a revelation of you, a revelation of your goodness, and just heal them right now, Father. We're not victims to fate. We're not victims to this world. We're overcomers. We're people of faith. We live by faith. We don't live by sight. We don't live by hurt. We don't live by pain. We don't live by debt. We don't live by sickness. We live by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Um, I was debating while he was praying whether to share what the Lord laid on my heart, and I'm going to because I feel like I'm supposed to. Um, as he was preaching, I was thinking about, this is my, Trey, you want to write this one down? This is my second sports analogy in probably two weeks, maybe three weeks now. Um, I was thinking about the Rocky movies and how the principle of a boxer softening somebody up, softening their opponent, their opponent up. 
And as, as he was preaching about faith and just explaining how there was a point in time in his life when there was nothing could get him down. Just believe God for anything. And maybe you've been there. And then circumstances in life come along and soften you up a little bit. You take a few hits. You start feeling good, and then you, then you start taking a few more hits. Before you know it, you're backed into the corner on the ropes. There's blood running off your face, and you're holding on to the ropes. You're still standing, but you're just holding on to the ropes. And maybe that's where you're at this morning. That's where I've been. I've been taking a few hits, a few too many, and I can't, I can't kind of get my... There's moments where you just feel like you can't get your bearings. And this picture of faith being according to Scripture, not according to experience, not according to fate. Your belief system can't be, my belief system can't be according to experience. Because experience will knock you into the ropes every time. You stand up and believe, God, you're going to take one in the chin. But then there comes a point in those movies where something, and I realize it's a movie and I'm not trying to preach a movie, but there's, there's a point where something on the inside of him wells up and he stands up and he's got new energy and what does he do he takes a fighter's stance and you think there's no way he can take anymore and in fact he doesn't he starts delivering blow after blow all we're talking about this morning is having the courage to stand up off the ropes and get yourself in a fighter's stance i'm gonna believe god and I believe there's many of us in this room today that have been, we've taken a few hits, we're against the wall. We're on the ropes, I'd be down on one knee. And you know the word repentance in the Greek is the word metanoia, it means to change your mind. I just wanna present you with the opportunity as Grant did when he prayed, change your mind. Push off the ropes. Stand back up and believe God according to his word, not according to our experiences. James, he didn't reference the scripture, but James talks about you can be, we can become double-minded, unstable in all our ways, where we're just, we're just tossed on the waves. We've got no rudder, we've got no anchor, just floating on the sea. And when the wind blows to the west, where do you think you go? To the west. When circumstances and fate start swinging, you start going, falling down. I just encourage you, change your mind this morning. You know, we talk about this periodically here, but in the Old Testament, the Israelites had this, this thing where the Lord led them to make monuments, set up rocks, build a pile of rocks. We would cross the Jordan River, and then he sent people back down, bring these stones up and set this pile of stones here so that generations to come, when they're like, hey, Dad, what's the stones for? You get an opportunity to tell, that was the day we crossed the Jordan River. Make a monument today in your mind. Set up, stick a pin. You know, the, the iPhone thing or the, the technology, you know, you can send a pin. Send a location, you'd go to your, I just learned this the other day. You can send, I just learned, I don't do a lot with. So you, you set a pin and then you can just send that pin to anybody. Stick a pin today, here today. Say, on that day, I chose to start standing back up. I picked myself back up, and I chose to believe God according to his word.
It's an invitation. It's not an obligation. I'm not putting pressure on anybody, but it is an opportunity to believe God today. I'm going to pray for us again. Take the opportunity. I think Grant and Keisha are going to be around for a little bit uh, after church here. If you've got any questions, you want to talk to them, you want to encourage them, don't forget to f- check out their website. Is it it's Grant Fraley Ministries or grantfraley.com. Check it out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you bring people into our lives uh, to shepherd us, to guide us, to reveal things from your word uh, that you've quickened into their lives for a specific time such as this. Uh, Father, I thank you for Revelation Rock. I thank you for this family. Um, We truly are a family. We've been, uh, we've taken a few blows. We've gotten knocked down a few times. We've got back up. We've had great leadership. We've had um, great worship teams and leaders over the years. We've had incredible elders and people that have helped to guide and lead us. And Lord, I just thank you so much for this family. Think about the last 10 years and all of the things that have transpired and the way you've shown yourself faithful. Lord, I just, I just pray right now that we would take the opportunity to believe you today. Just to say, I, I, believe, I believe God more than what happened last week. I believe his word more than what I'm currently feeling in my body. I believe his word more than what I may be experiencing in whatever area of life that is. Lord, I thank you that you are always and only good. Pray a blessing over this family, the blessing of Abraham on this house. We would go from this place with the boldness of lions, knowing that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.